Today on episode 92 of the Home of Play podcast. The 2021 Game Awards happened and we discussed the winners, the losers, and all the game announcements in between. And the rumor mill is churning out some interesting stories about Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. All that and more. I feel like we were the losers this year. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 92 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steven. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the reindeer about the show, and that they can find us on your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, and it's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss all the game award results i guess i want to use that word the results chris uh on today's episode we have four news articles to discuss much more but first let's talk about my new mic chris uh it finally came in haven't discussed it on the show but i've been wanting the shul he's grabbing the box sm7b uh i've been wanting it for a while and you know what it happened so I got it, and then luckily my cloud lifter also showed up today uh, on my steps. So hopefully you guys enjoy the better quality. Like, there's going to be some tests, obviously, in the next episodes to see what I like more. I think the gain set correctly, and I, I don't think we're going to have any issues in that sense. But you know, there's some interesting features with this mic that uh, I need to try out. It's you know totally different from our prior mic. Uh, the other one was a little too sensitive in my opinion, and it just let in a lot of background stuff. Like I feel like at some points, and Chris, you can probably identify with this, but if my dog Coda would fart in the next room, it'd pick up on these mics. Sure. Um, so I, I'm happy with the new mic. Uh, it's sounding a lot better. I hope you guys like it too. The only problem is though, is it's going to be harder to get the dog to bark right when you swear. <laughs> people so need, pick it up yeah people don't know that i trained him to bark <laughs> only when it looks like i'm about to make that f with my face uh then he just knows to bark <laughs> and i guess that's another fun fact is i, I think we've talked about before but the the <laughs> the bare the bare minimum editing we do for that one swear word uh is in fact my dog's audio i recorded on my phone <laughs> so if it sounds terrible that's why but i thought it'd be fun because you know I feel like he's now part of the show and he'll be immortalized forever. But let's get off the tangent about my mic and dog barks and dog farts. Let's move on to what we're normally going to do at this point in the show, which is talk about what we did this last week, Chris. Okay. So the I think the only big one, well, there's a couple of big ones. The big one on console uh, was the Matrix experience that just got released literally yesterday. Um so I tried that. It's more of an Unreal Showcase Matrix world type of thing. Um, there's kind of a cinematic where the characters talk, which is really cool. Uh, they, do, they go through some history of some of the scenes from the previous movies. 
a little bit. I think they show a little bit from the new one. Uh, there's even an interactable part, which is very minimal. You just you shoot out the tires of some vehicles, but it's all pretty much auto aim and everything. But it's pretty cool to watch visually. It's amazing. Uh, and then after you do that sequence, you get a big open city that you can fly around in, which is really cool. Um, you could change the lighting. You could change some of the effects. You can look at the change to the particles and the different shapes and the geometry and stuff of the city. Really unique, unique stuff to see. And I, I, right away, I went and did that Spider-Man test where you get the camera nice and low on a, the one side of a street and you just go as fast as you can down the street. You can't go too, too fast, but it was just like, can the system handle this performance of flying through the street? And it, it does for the most part, uh, maybe a couple little spikes or a couple pop-ins way in the distance, but it, uh, it looks really good visually. It's just, ugh. I can't wait to start seeing more games be done in the Unreal 5 engine. It's, it's whew, that epic company, man. They're going to be pick, pulling in some more money because <laughs> you know they're, they're, they're desperately in need of more money at this point. So Frostbite's but, not cutting it anymore. <laughs> no, man. It, seriously, it looks incredible. Uh, PC-wise, uh, jumped more into Icarus. I think I mentioned that last week. I can't even remember now. Uh, it's a new uh, survival space-like game. Uh, you can build houses and stuff, but they're all based on like instances. There's missions where it's like go to the planet, scout an area, and then leave the planet. And there's like you have to do the missions within seven real life days. Um, but the uh, missions could probably be done in well, at least some of the early ones can be done in like a session, like in an hour or two. Um, but it's like if you can't complete the mission, it's like you have only seven days to do it. So it's like. If you're busy in real life, you won't be able to finish the mission. Um, but it looks like there's a lot of content in the game. Uh, I'm looking forward to jumping in that one a little bit more. But and that's another one that's like visually on PC. Oh, my God. I, there's good games that look look really good on PC. This one is now up there at the top. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, one other thing I was particularly excited about yesterday was... Um, so I played Teamfight Tactics, which I've mentioned multiple times on this. Uh, but I oh, I pretty much just play ranked mode where you actually are playing against other people trying ranked mode. You know, everybody knows what ranked mode is. Um, but I got to platinum rank, which was really exciting. Uh, it took a, not a lot of time, not to like say I'm decent at it, but it, it, it took a bit of time. And it's like, if you lose a couple ranked matches, you go drop down in those ranks again. I've, I've gone from like gold rank one back to gold four in the amount of a day. So... It, it, at least now that I've hit platinum, you can't go below the tier level. So I was excited to hit that uh, this week. So that was fun. The other big one, Halo Infinite is what I've started. Uh, I just tried it one night. I did the first two missions, got to the open world aspect of the game, cleared out a base. So now the enemies aren't supposed to attack me in that area. And I, it's fine. Uh, I'm not noticing the floaty jumps, as it were, like you used to you know, always call them. That's the Halo is well known for the floaty jumps. Not well, feeling it as much. Well, it's the same as any, like, you know, Destiny jumps. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so far I'm enjoying it. I just cranked it on the hardest difficulty. I'm like, let's go. I'm only going to probably play this one time. So try on the hardest mode. And I haven't had too many difficult parts yet. I know it's the early game still, but I, I remember playing the original Halo on the hardest difficulty. And there's parts in that first mission where there's a couple points where it's like very hard to get through. Uh, I didn't run into too many of those. Most of my deaths were just falling off the map. <laughs> so, good times. 
but I'm looking forward to jumping into that one a little bit more. I think I got one or two buddies that are maybe even going to try the multiplayer out a bit. I played a little bit of the multiplayer. It's pretty good, but uh, I've been so out of the multiplayer game for Halo. It's There's so many weapons. It's just, uh, I don't know how to juggle them all yet. So, But overall, that's pretty much been my week. Uh, not a lot of gaming, just a lot of bursts of gaming. Um, it was, but the gaming that I did this week, um, I, had, I had some good times. Some good times. So, how about yourself, Steve? Did you get any uh, gaming in? I, were you playing any more Valhalla? I got to play a little bit, and then I just, it, I don't know, I'm having the burnout moment where those little cuts I was talking about last week, I think it's, uh, it's killed me. Uh, I just feel like there's so many errors, there's so many problems, the stuttering, just graphical issues, I, I just, I... Yeah, I I'm constantly having issues, and then just the placement again. Like, I've I've still yet to connect back to the main story. I'm stuck in these side stories that are very, you know, they're okay, but it, they're very forgettable. And I'm just I'm at a point where I, yeah, I, I think I've had a little too much Valhalla time, where you know every quest has got to be like 500 miles from the last one. So now go run, and there's no great path to get here quickly so you know have fun like that's the thing i was talking to a, a friend of mine about i just said like even the fast the travel like the synchronization points they're so far and like the, the the maps are so big that even they're never close to anywhere that you need to go like i just feel like you're you're fast traveling to them and then you're still going to travel for another five minutes just get the one quest you'll finish in like three five minutes and then oh now you got to fast travel across the map and then still journey further to get to the next one it's just the flow isn't know. great. Yeah, it's just, it, this is the bloat that we're talking about. And I, it just, you know, I see this and I'm like, yeah, this is Ubisoft trying to make these microtransactions make sense. Try to make you spend more time in this game in hopes that probably you spend more money. I see yeah. anyway. I mean, a good quest design would have it so that you start a quest at location A, it ends at location B. And then the next quest would quest would start at location B and bring it to location C. Like yeah. instead, you know, you're going from A to B and then you're jumping all the way to Z because it's just you're bouncing all over the map. That's good quest progression. I mean, you don't need yeah. it spelled out for you, but yeah. No, and uh, so I didn't play much of that. Um, I honestly, I I think I turn it on and then yeah, I, I just I hit the moment. And like I said, there's just so many feeling. little things are broken. Yeah, so I just kind of was like, you know what? I think I'm done with this. Now what do we try? I I was pondering that thought of maybe trying Uncharted 4 because I never played it. Oh. And there's all this, I don't know, talk. And some people upset about the the next or Uncharted like PS5 version or whatever upgrade. And I don't need that because, you know, me and you have a PS5, so we get that game free. Yes, it won't be the upgraded version, but I don't know. It's a PS4 game that already looked fairly good. And then I believe it has PS boost or PS5 boost features while playing on the PS5 already. So I'm like, do I need to get this upgraded version? Probably not. And I'm just like, okay, so I might try that. I don't know. Uh, or maybe it's time for near replicant. I just feel like maybe I should wait till 2022. Spread my nears apart. <laughs> I don't want to burn myself out on that too because those games deserve uh me you know fresh-eyed and uh, excited to jump into and not just you know forcing myself for the sake of having something to do 
yeah, I, I definitely don't want to ruin myself on that. So, well, you'll be excited to hear one of the awards that went out. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I think it's the only one I agree with, or not. I shouldn't say that. Um, I think it's one of the many that I see an argument for, and I can, you know, get behind. But anyway, we need to get into the show. There's so much that happened this week. I did not expect it. I knew the game awards would have things, but there's just a lot more. So it terrifies me what next week's going to look like after all these announcements. There might not be a lot more, but uh, yeah, let's get into the bite-sized news. Nintendo engineer Masayuki Uemura, uh, hopefully I said that right because I want to be respectful, dies at age 78. Uh, This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. He was the former engineer at Nintendo. He passed away on December 6th. He joined the console giant back in 1972 and is best known as a lead architect for both the NES and SNES consoles during their respective development throughout the 1980s. Um, I, you know, I, I tweeted about this on our home of play Twitter account. And I just want to say as a PlayStation fan, you know, you have to pay respects to this man. You know, even I can identify that I'm not big on Nintendo anymore, but without this man, we're, we wouldn't probably be where we are today in terms of, you know, the games we have and the consoles and the competition. And so I just want to tip my hat, respect to this man. Um, you know, he did some great things and it's, it's sad to hear we lost him this week. So massive respect. Let's continue the next Assassin's Creed Valhalla title update will reduce the file size and improve performance. This one comes from VGC. The next Assassin's Creed Valhalla title update will require players to re-download the whole game, Chris. Uh, Cause that's how patches are supposed to work. <laughs> uh, download sizes from 1.40 to 1.4.1 uh, are as follows. PS4, uh, you'll have to download 67 gigs. PS5, you only have to download 40 gigs. Uh, disk space after installing will be 75 gigs on PS4, 77 on PS5. So again, clearly not doing the best job, <laughs> but I guess it's better than it was. And yeah, your disk space that you saved after it reinstalling, you'll save 30 gigs on PS4 and only 13 on PS5. So again, it's confusing why PS4 is smaller, but uh, it's Ubisoft. What can I say? So Chris, if I do decide to go back to this game, it looks like I have to reinstall. But some of the changes I'm hearing is it's supposed to fix a lot of the problems I was complaining about specifically that I was noticing on my PS5. So. I'm looking forward to that, possibly, if I do decide to go back and, you know, pull up my big boy pants and finally beat that story mode. I have every intention of going back at some point, so Mm -hmm. uh, this is definitely an incentive, so looking forward to it. You know, congrats, Ubisoft. It only took you over a year to get the game into functioning state. (laughs) That's uh, that's our life. Uh, continuing with Ubisoft, they delist NFT announcement as YouTube dislikes top 22,000. That one's on VGC. Ubisoft has delisted its announcement trailer for its Ubisoft Quartz platform following overwhelming backlash that saw it receiving a dislike ratio around 20 to 1. Uh, it now stands at 23,447 interactions of which 1,018 are likes and 22,429 are dislikes. Chris, are you excited for NFTs? Because uh, Ubisoft no longer is. The one thing to factor is that every one in 20 people is a troll. So <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the thousand like votes right there. Uh, yes, I assume. 
Uh, you know, I, I try not to get into people's stuff. If you like cryptocurrency, if you like NFTs, I guess more power to you. The more I look into NFTs, though, they make zero sense. They're, they seem pointless to me. I'm not going to sit here and make a court argument of why you shouldn't do this. But Sell me on NFTs. <laughs> yes, but I do understand the dislikes. I just think it's stupid. I, I It just seems like it's the buzzword this year. You know, like this season's like, ooh, NFTs. What does that mean? I'm like, it's a Ponzi scheme. Honestly, let's face it. You know, uh, I, I just I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't seem to benefit anyone other than just being able to see like, hey, look what I have. But, you know, more power to you. OK, everybody, let's get excited because Abandoned what? is coming back <laughs> in the news. Abandoned prologue chapter coming early 2022. More information shortly. Uh, this one comes from Bush Square. I air quoted. I know you guys can't see me. If you log into your PS5 and push the PlayStation button, open up the news card and scroll down a bit, you'll find a discreet update about Abandon. It reads, we are excited to announce that Prologue chapter releases Q1 2022. A specific date will be announced shortly. Stay tuned. And again, I need to use air quotes shortly, uh, <laughs> like everything they do. You know what? Here we go, Chris. I always make jokes that we haven't heard about it for a while, and it, that's always a good thing. Uh, I guess this isn't a good thing because we're hearing stuff. Do we think they're going to make it on what? It, well, I think Q1's loose enough that I guess they could make it. I think maybe. Yeah, but we're, they're t we're talking about a prologue chapter, so it's not even the game. <laughs> and that's my other question. What what the hell's prologue chapter mean? Is it that Resident Evil thing? <laughs> well, my fear is it's going to be another barely teaser, and that's what they call a prologue chapter. Like, they, this is so vague that. I feel like they could get away with anything. They could yeah. just send a teddy bear to my house and be like, oh, that's what we meant by prologue chapter. You know, obviously I'm being facetious, but I, I just, I don't know. This means nothing. Yeah. I wouldn't, again, hold my breath for this. Uh, I, you know, I'm also saying that this is not Kojima. <laughs> like, you know, this is just a company that has no credibility and they've never really released anything. So I don't know what to tell people. In my head, I'm the best outcome i'm predicting is like the tech demo that came out for resident evil 7 if you remember that with like everybody was discussing the finger trying to figure out what the finger's for okay moving on cd project has entered settlement talks with investors who <laughs> sued over its botched cyberpunk launch this one also comes from vgc in may cd project confirmed that four class action lawsuits filed in the u.s had been consolidated and the lead plaintiff had been appointed ahead of potential common court proceedings. U.S. District Court for the Central District of California, uh, in quotes, had suspended proceedings concerning the motion to dismiss due to the parties having entered into negotiations concerning a potential settlement. Uh, the filing continued, in quote, should a consensus be reached with with regard to the conditions of the potential settlement, the parties will file for its approval by the courts. Um, not a huge news thing, but it sounds like CD Projekt Red's uh, about to lose even more money <laughs> and uh, have even less payout for a game that they've already, you know, been hurt by multiple times, uh, including having to give refunds for this game, being delisted by PlayStation. Uh, you know, I can go on and on about the year that CD Projekt has had. Uh, and it sounds like it's just continuing to be not a great one. Uh, hopefully investors will get a good settlement. I think they deserve it. They were completely lied to and misled, much like many of us. And uh, yeah, I have no sympathy on this one. And I know I sound like kind of a hard ass here, 
Um, but no, oh, you you did many misleading things, and yeah, just desserts. Yeah, Sorry, we, Chris, we, I cut no, you off. it's fine. It's just, we've talked about this one so many times where we know the board uh, of directors for the company just totally, totally effed everybody. So it's like mm-hmm. the investors really deserved. Uh, to get a settlement and it's good to know that they are getting something because if they're entering the settlement stage that means cd project red has now admitted fault or at least been shown that yeah you guys screwed up (laughs) oh yeah i i I do love that like the article goes on and talks about like well you know entering uh, a settlement doesn't necessarily mean a like a middle of uh a mission sorry yeah but i'm like it kind of does i'm like that's i'm sorry like just from a public person's perspective i look at that i'm like it kind of does i think a lot of people look at it that way you know it's kind of like when michael jackson entered settlement claims i'm like "Eh, eh." like why wouldn't you fight it if you didn't do it why would you you know (laughs) playstation has patented death strandings online path building features this one comes from vgc the patent which was filed four months before the game originally released on ps4 and was just granted on tuesday is named Terran radar and gradual building of a route in a virtual environment of a video game rolls off the tongue, Chris. Uh, it protects one of the game's most interesting features in that paths can be improved depending on how many players have previously used them. The patent refers to improving the first path based on a number of times the first path has been tra- uh, traversed by one or more characters. Uh, this appears to describe similar features seen in Death Stranding, where players can make paths, build bridges, and leave items for other players who will visit the same areas in the future, even though each player's game is sep- is a is a separate experience. Sorry. Um, Chris, I don't know how to feel about this. I don't like patenting features because yep. I just feel like you restrict other people who yep. may take upon your idea. Oh, sorry. Take your idea and build upon is what I should be saying. And, you know, we saw this with WB doing the Nemesis uh, kind of engine slash gimmick, whatever you want to call it. We were not fans of that either. No, we weren't fans of that either. Not the system, just the patent idea. Mm -hmm. No, I'm I'm with you. You're taking the words literally out of my mouth, so. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I don't know. It feels sleazy. I can't not feel sleazy about this. Yeah, I I just, there's not much to say about this, but it just seems like you're just going to take you're, it's almost like you're trying to lock down creativity and n- although i never played death stranding uh and i don't know how well these systems n- or like how impressive they are that i need to see them in other games i just feel like still other games could have taken this and been like oh you know what i think we could do an interesting spin on it and now you can't and yeah. i just think that sucks well it definitely is a unique ish experience for sure so i could see the idea of patenting it but i mean mm-hmm. It's like a, a double bladed or double edged sword, right? I guess I should say. It's I get what they're doing by patenting it, but I, I feel like it, there's so many ways to get around these these patents. So I feel like there's the, the creative people that want to do something with it. They'll be a, they'll find ways to get around these these things that lock them down. It's like creating a nemesis system. It's yeah, it has to be so specific. Whereas I think you can make tweaks to it to make it just different enough where it falls outside the patent rules. So I don't know. It's, I don't like the, like you said, I don't like the idea of locking down the ideas and concepts uh, because I think your, your idea is never going to be perfect. There's always going to be other people that can add more ideas to it and they'll come up with new ways to improve it. 
it's it's never going to be a perfect system by any means so it's like try uh, just locking it down we weren't a fan of it before i'm still not a fan of it now um i think that's kind of where we're gonna leave it so we're gonna move on to a rumor unannounced splinter cell game will be open world this one comes from push square online tipster tom henderson has potentially shared a look behind the curtain of another ubisoft title the currently unannounced splinter cell game Instead of shoehorning protagonist Sam Fisher into every other one of its IPs, which they definitely have, Ubisoft is reportedly reviving the, the stealth series. And according to Henderson, my nose is itchy, uh, the new entry will be open world in the same way that Halo Infinite is, which I don't know, but Chris can talk on. Uh, in quotes, a more stealthy version of Assassin's Creed. Uh, his statement surrounding Grand Theft Auto 6 has also been backed up by Bloomberg's Jason Schreier. So I threw in that statement just to solidify that this isn't just a random person. Like, I guess some of his rumors uh, do have some validity to it. Track record to him, yeah. Uh, So anyway, I'm excited for this game. This news takes a little bit of the wind out of my sails. Like, I don't want to be pessimistic right off the bat, um, but I don't know if, you know, I guess my fear is I look at this as like how I used to enjoy Ghost Recon games way back in the day. We're talking about the original Xbox. Ghost Recon 2, I enjoyed it. It had its missions. They worked well. It looked really good for the time. Uh, and then we got Ghost um, Ghost Recon Wildlands. And that was horrible, in my opinion. And it also turned this really blocky, gross-looking game. Uh, moved backwards, almost, technology-wise, just so they could have an open world and you know justify you getting in a car and then getting in a helicopter and doing all this chaotic stuff, which... It's probably fun with your friends. I definitely think that was probably the highlight of that game. Um, but, you know, we based on that, we can see that this could devalue games, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm kind of with you on this one. Uh, I think one thing that's... Well, there's many things that are really good about Splinter Cell, but one thing mm-hmm. is map design in the Splinter Cell games. They're very laid out, kind of similar to Hitman in a way, where it's like there's yeah. you got multiple ways to do things. Not Maybe not as goofy as Hitman, but... Um, there's always multiple ways, good level design. And I feel like if they go to this open world thing, you, there's going to be so much that you're going to lose. Cause there's not going to be like, uh, if they're talking open world, but you're in like a city or something and it's like, you can literally navigate multiple buildings and everything. Maybe if they really put a lot of work into the, the map design, but I feel like in an open world game, you're going to lose that. You'll come across a, a mansion or something or a, a, a villa and it's like, okay, this is actually the part where you're going to be stealthy. And it's just a small little section of it. And then the rest of the game, you're running on across a field or on a vehicle or something just to get from point A to point B. Well, that's my thing is like, I, who wants to see Sam Fisher behind a wheel? Yeah. Like even right now, I'm, I'm not far enough into Halo Infinite where I've, I just got into the open world thing and it just it felt, felt like part of a mission. So I haven't really explored anything yet. But I feel like it's just going to be like empty just to get to the the highlighted points on the map it's like what's the point you could just splice these all into different separate missions i i I, it's in a game where it's open world you have to make it worthwhile for it to be open world and i don't often see that anymore where it's like needed i mean sure it's like yeah i can go run across a field for 10 15 minutes to get from point a to point b but what did i see when i ran across that field nothing really a couple environmental animal type things and in my head i'm picturing like a lot of far cries and assassin creeds and all those types of things 
there's usually maybe collectibles, which a lot of people don't give a crap about. If maybe if you could put some lore, sure, but I don't know. I, I feel like this is not. I, I'm sure if they spend a lot of time on it, they could maybe do it well. I really loved uh, what was it, Black Sight, but that was also that wasn't an open world. I mean, it was a world, but it was like all the missions were you know point A to point B type of thing. So I don't know. I feel like this is maybe a misstep for the series. So a continued yeah. misstep. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I just. My my problem with this is it's not impossible, but with Ubisoft's current track record um, of how they seem to try to introduce stuff or make everything open world and it just does not pan out, like we talked about Ghost Recon, um, and you know, and and even other new systems like, um, you know, let's talk about Watch Dogs Legions. Yeah, there were so many people that right away and they saw that trailer, and I was not one of them. But they were so optimistic and they came out right away like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be a game changer. And my first instinct, and I think you agree with me, but my first instinct is like, no, what they are selling would take so many years and special engines to make this actually work as well as we want it to be. Because to do what Watch Dogs Legions promise, which is like so many special NPCs and special backstories and customize this. And I'm like, no, I feel like we're going to see Surf- so many surface level stuff. Yes. And just we'd see so many repeat characters and sure shoot in less than 40 hours. I've seen the same NPCs walking around, just different names, different backstories. But, you know, same clothing, same this, same hairstyles. And it was just like very disappointing. And, you know, the narrative issues we talked about. So Ubisoft does not have a good track record with trying to implement these things. And that's my fear is like. Why does every Ubisoft game need to be open world? You know, like, can we not like, I just think this was such a missed opportunity where you could have had one single player mission based game and that could have been really great. And maybe that would have drive more people to come back to Ubisoft's ecosystem. And I just think they're, yeah, I don't know. Guess same old, you know, keep on open world and <laughs> whatever yeah, the hell that Open means. world doesn't mean replayability. No. Because I think game companies, they see those games typically get more hours played. But what they don't see is like half or a third of that time is just wasted from players trying to get from point A to point B or fast travel loading screens or, you know, that kind of crap. So it's like, I don't know, they've got to re-examine open world as a whole concept and try to look at ways to improve this stuff. Yeah, I think they look at what you're saying is like, you know, the retention of the game. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, I don't know, I guess, I guess the thought process is the longer you play it, uh, maybe the more they can shake out of your wallet. I don't know. Like, you know, is that, does that drive you to want to buy extra costumes? You know, other things, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed famously, they love giving you those supplies because they make them harder to get. So then you just feel inclined to buy them off the store. Right. So I assume that's part of the reason and hopefully I'm wrong, but anyway, we've got to keep going. Uh, to the next rumor, Assassin's Creed Valhalla gets surprise DLC this month, uh, a 2022 expansion that might be 40 hours long. This one comes from Push Square. Valhalla is getting a surprise DLC this month, which could be announced at the Game Awards on Friday. Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> Just a fun fact. Spoiler. He also states that Valhalla 2022 expansion, which has previously been confirmed by Ubisoft itself, is massive. Clocking in around 40 hours in length. 15 Chris, hours you, worth of travel time. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, so do you think this game needs another 40 hours? 
I still haven't finished it. Although I will say Odyssey, the expansions and DLC they added for that, I enjoyed them. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to take it. And I probably did get about 40 hours worth out of the DLCs from the Odyssey. So I, it's, it'll probably work for them because they seem to be able to do that if you go off history. Does it need mm-hmm. 40 hours more? I don't know. I don't know of people who I know that have finished the story, or at least according to them, they think they finished the story, which is <laughs> it's very confusing. So it's like, I think it's one person. And I'm like, well, okay, what well, did you, did you do everything? Did you go for every flashy light? Did you do everything? It, it, there was usually no's. So they didn't do that sort of stuff. They just did the story, progressed mm-hmm. through it. As they found stuff, they got it, that type of thing. So I'm like, okay, so you, you, how many hours do you have? And it's like, okay. So I don't know. There's, I think it's good, but I don't know how many people will like fully take advantage of the whole 40 additional hours of it. So, mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a smart way to get people to come back that maybe have already beaten yes. it, had enough of a break that they feel hungry to come back. So, you know, great. Um, you know, myself, I think I just hit over 80 hours now in that game. And I'm not even done. I mean, I did a lot of side stuff, but let's face it, I didn't do side quests because, like, I keep saying they're useless. And I didn't do a lot of mysteries either. So that's just finding treasures, going around. I did do a lot of messing around that way. I love clearing camps. That's probably my favorite part of the game. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if I need another 40 hours at my current place, but maybe this is something that will bring me back later uh, when I inevitably want to come back. So, anyway. PS Now's GTA 3 now available to download and stream. This one comes from Push Square. Original story, GTA 3 was available on PlayStation Now, uh, but it could only be streamed, uh, which was not what they promised. Uh, Then the first update was GTA 3 is now available as part of the PlayStation Now in the US, and it can be downloaded and streamed, but not in Europe. Uh, And then the second update is they corrected it. So guess what? You can play your Grand Theft Auto free any way you want it you can stream it you can download it fantastic if you still want to go back those games was three a popular one i guess to some people it was you know i believe is that not the first game that it finally wasn't a bird's eye view anymore 3d model yeah so i do feel like it revolutionized so it's probably a nostalgia thing i don't think it's as talked about as san andreas or vice city yeah um but it's you know i think it uh you know, it's, it has the namesake, yeah. I guess is how I'd say that. Hmm. Standalone version of Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy delisted ahead of PS5 collectors uh, collections release. This one comes from VGC. Sony Interactive Entertainment has removed the standalone PS4 versions of Uncharted 4 and Uncharted The Lost Legacy from the sale of the PlayStation Store. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection will hit PS5 on January 28th, 2022 and is priced at $49.99. USD. Chris, <laughs> how does that make you feel? Uh, I mean, I'm not that you care. Like I said, we can get that free. I believe you owned it anyway. So I don't know if you would have cared regardless, but it does seem a little shady that you can't buy these versions. Be- well, and I know why they're doing it. They don't want you to be able to buy these versions so you can get the cheaper upgrade price later. Yeah. Uh, so they just want you to buy the collection and then that way they can get more money out of you. It's uh, not very consumer friendly, but uh, also. You know, if you're an Uncharted fan, why haven't you purchased this that's game? That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm wondering is like, for me, I've played most of them, not some of the standalone ones. I've gotten my play out of them. I enjoyed them all, uh, got the Platinums, 
and they were games that was like good times, but I had no urge to ever go back to them for me. So this new collection edition is not for me. Uh, it's definitely for people who, if you have a PlayStation and for some reason you still haven't played Uncharted, you should probably get this. Like this is like pretty pinnacle Sony PlayStation type of game. So I would say it's definitely worth playing. Most people would like it. I, I can't see too many people not liking it. If you play Tomb Raider, similar style-ish. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it, for me, this is like, thanks for bundling it. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say, you know, this is for PS5, obviously. Yeah. So if you have a PS5, then guess what? You get Uncharted 4 for free anyway. So my thing is if you don't think it's worth the price and you don't want the collection then just do what i'm gonna do and play the ps4 version like you know we're only one console generation away from the last generation so i just don't think that game degraded enough to justify an upgrade in the first place like yeah i'm sure it's gonna give me yeah it already looked great i thought it already you know was pretty smooth so and i wouldn't doubt that game has a little boost on it on top of everything else so this just seems like a non-issue for me, but I do understand why this would rub some people the wrong way. Honestly, I do get that. So we're moving on to review roundup. Not anything big going on here, but we got two games. First one, Heavenly Bodies. Sit, sitting at a 78 on critic score, four positive, three mixed. Not a lot of reviews. Uh, obviously not a big game either. So that came out and there's no user scores yet, but that'll be coming up soon. And then the second one is Beyond a Steel Sky. This game releases December 14th. Obviously no user score here, but critics score sitting at 74, four positive, two mixed, another small one. But some of these uh, places just seem like uh, they don't rush like they used to to get reviews out, which is probably a good thing. I I don't think people need to get rushed, but, you know, it is what it is. So, Chris, we got to move into the time slot that we synchronize so well with. So let's get the news. Number one, enter player two. This one comes from Push Square. The first line of third-party PlayStation 5 controllers has today been revealed by Scuff. Prices start at $199 USD, and the first batch has already sold out. The base unit looks a lot like PlayStation's own PS5 DualSense controller, but it sets itself apart with removable paddles on the back of the pad, interchangeable thumbsticks, and three different profiles you can switch between. Said to work with both PlayStation 5 and PC, the two cheaper models sport adaptive triggers, and there's no mention of haptic feedback in the specifications. If you opt for the even more premium Reflex Pro model, you can also look forward to holding the controller with a non-slip performance grip, which is said to improve comfort, and there's a Reflex uh, FPS, which, as you can probably guess, is geared towards those who take first-person shooters seriously. This particular pad actually ditches the adaptive triggers for instant triggers, which supposedly simulate the press of a mouse button. Essentially, you should be able to fire off shots faster. This one costs $259 USD with the first batch of controllers already sold out. (laughs) Seems like a theme here. As for different colors, just a black version will be available at launch in 2022, but white, gray, orange, navy, blue, and red options will be part of the range in the future. Okay, are you excited for this, Chris? Do you want to buy one of these? I don't tend to buy too many off-brand controllers. Not Mm -hmm. for any particular reason. Um, Maybe warranty, because I've actually used warranty a couple times on some of the, you know, true Sony controllers and stuff. So 
I don't know. It's I've had really off-brand controllers back in the day when I was young and just needed a spare controller or something. Uh, it's like, oh, what's this one controller has turbo mode? What does this do? <laughs> but you know, uh, I know some people really like the di- there's different uh, analog sticks that people really like, um, and I've seen them and I could see how people like them. They're they're like smaller, almost like they scoop your thumbs in the front, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, uh, this is a pass. I I got enough controllers already. So. Yeah, I'm not a, a diehard FPS player, as anyone that's listened to me probably already knows. I enjoy a few of them, but I'm not serious enough that I need the thumbsticks. I do understand, uh, you know, even the paddles. Some people have talked about how it'd be super useful in even Dark Souls, where you could program roll to one of your paddles. And then that way you could still control your camera properly. Mm-hmm. And that totally makes sense to me why that could improve your performance and maybe, you know, your enjoyment in that game. But these prices just seem insane to me. And as I, I guess I'm outside the Xbox ecosystem, so I've never needed or bought an elite controller. So maybe I just don't understand it from that perspective. But yeah, I'm currently OK with my controller. I like my dual sense. I like the triggers the way they are. Uh, especially when they're used properly and well. So, you know, I more power to people that want this, that feel like they've been waiting for this. Uh, I'm excited that there's options. I'm excited that people can get their hands on this. Well, I guess not now since it's sold out, but uh, hopefully sometime in the future. But anyway, let's go to number two, uh, the 2021 Game Awards, Chris. Mm-hmm. They happened. They happened. We, re- we saw it, and I think you did clips. I watched most of the show. Um, so what we'll do is we'll do as usual we'll go through each category and state the winner and if we agree or disagree with it for the most part so I think overall uh, I'm pretty happy with I think most of the choices make sense to me Uh, some of them could have went a 50-50 in some regards but for the most part is good so we're going to start with the first category best game direction this one went to Deathloop did you have any comments on that? <laughs> I mean, neither of us have played Deathloop as of yet. Um, I know we kind of teased it and poked fun at it multiple times, but it's obviously did well in some regards and was pretty popular. So, I, I, I yeah, I'm conflicted about this one because not that I feel like I have a strong case or a horse in the race, but I feel like as someone who didn't play Returnal, I heard more about how you know, its game direction was semi-unique. Yeah. Uh, I could see the argument for It Takes Two, uh, just how they implemented so many different multiplayer games that mesh so well together, mm-hmm. um, or multiplayer components, I should say, where Deathloop, from the people that really played it, that really understood games that I listened to, by the end, a lot of them would say that, you know, you kind of get the the understanding that, the closer to the end you are, the less freedom you actually ever had. And there is only one narrow path. And you basically were just tricked into a sense that you ever had freedom or choice. So this one, I would, I feel like this is the biggest disagreement I have, but again, it's just a weak year. So I'm not going to let it like tear me mm. apart, honestly. As best game direction. I mean, yeah. yeah man. Best ongoing game. Uh, this one went to Final Fantasy fourteen online i completely support this uh all the other games that are in the category also made sense to me uh but they were a lot of mobas 
uh, or not MOBAs. There were a lot of battle royale games, and uh, I don't know. The other than Genship Impact, they all are yeah. battle royale games. So it's I I can understand why you definitely. I don't know. Best ongoing game that has a story. I mean, like that that should elevate it a lot more with Final Fantasy fourteen to me. Because those other games are, yeah, best ongoing support, whatever, season passes. Maybe there's a little story in subtext and lore with some of these other games. But let's be honest, they're for a winner in this category, FF14 makes a lot of sense to me. Best narrative. The winner was Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm a little surprised by that. <laughs> yes. Um, I, we, I, but to be honest, we haven't heard anything too bad about the game. I've only heard good things no. about the game. It's definitely on my interested list to play it. Uh, I'm kind of surprised it beat Life is Strange because Life is Strange is usually typically pretty good on the narrative side of things. But uh, I I guess I'm okay with it. I'm actually surprised Psychonauts 2 didn't take it, honestly. Uh, I would have seen it if if it was ever going to get an award. It would have been this one. Uh, Yeah, I would have thought it had been this one just because I've heard a lot of positive. I never played it myself, but it was highly reviewed. and I guess that's the same thing here is like, I never played Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. All I can tell you is my impression of it from trailers and gameplay videos I've watched. It seemed passable to me. I definitely don't think it, it was a game meant for me. The narrative thing, I'm like, okay, I guess. It's just another one that I don't feel that strong about. I, I, I look at all these and I'm like, yeah, I just, I would have thought it would have been Psychonauts 2, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Best indie game went to Kena Bridge of Spirits. I'm happy about that one. Really enjoyed that game. Uh, the category had some good contenders, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm definitely happy about Kena for that one. I'm definitely happy with that one too. I I think Death or Twelve Minutes really rip people apart. Like there's so many different people that either love or hate that game. Yeah. Um. So I could see why that didn't get it. Death's Door heard people who seem excited for it, but I didn't hear any conversation on the other side. So I don't know how that game turned out. And then I don't know what the other two were. So honestly, I'm like, yeah, okay. Makes sense to me. Best mobile game. Not a category that we care, care too much about, but went to Genshin impact, which I'm happy that they uh, got this one. Although I, although I've never played it mobile. I can fall behind that. I get it. Best VR AR game went to, I get, well, we don't play too many of these. I do have a VR system, but I still, I just haven't found anything that, really makes me interested uh but it went to resident evil 4 um which i've heard really good things about on i believe that's the is that the oculus it's the facebook one i, I think I've, yeah. yeah so um the only other one that seems it, like it would be a contender in this one's hitman 3 uh but i mean god it's resident evil best action game went to returnal yay see i'm, I'm happy with some of these uh, I, I do think this is more diversity than we usually see from the Game Awards. So for that sake, yeah, I am also happy. Yeah. Best action slash adventure game. The winner went to Metroid Dread. Um, I think I'm okay with that one, too. And I, 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 It's not something I would play, but Curtis spoke pretty highly of the game. He seemed to enjoy it. Any thoughts on this one? I don't know. I, I always look at these and I'm like, mm, this is a nostalgia push. Yeah. Um, I you know, are we are we really going to say that a a side scrolling two point five D or whatever the hell they call that kind of stuff is like really the best action adventure game when you're comparing it to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy that 
already won an award. Yes, it was for narrative, maybe not gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't play Psychonauts 2, but I did play Ratchet and Clank, and it played well. It looked great. Um, and again, can we compare the stories? I would almost guarantee that I have more character connections and feelings for that world than I'd probably get from a, a side-scrolling 2.5D game. Uh, and then Resident Evil Village, I think it had an adequate story. You know, it's it's a Resident Evil game, whatever, but it was fun. It was probably one of my favorite Resident Evils in a while. Uh, you know, I guess the ending was a weak point, but I, I guess, I don't know. It's just, this is the year, right, where I don't have a, a champion to push. I'm questioning some of these, but I just, I'm not You don't have a horse in the race, essentially. Any, yeah. Yeah. This next one, though, you would you do have a horse in the race. Uh, best role playing game went to Tales of Arise. What are your thoughts on that? I, I didn't see it happening, honestly. But I, you know, I guess I look at this list and I'm like, what really would have competed? Like, I don't think I'm I'm surprised Cyberpunk 2077 even got nominated. Uh, just with all the bad press. How did it get nominated? Oh, I guess it just didn't make the cut last year because it released in December. Okay. So I'm like, whatever. I look at this list. I'm like, it wasn't a strong list to begin with, but I do definitely think Tales of Arise deserved it. Most anticipated game. Not a shocker, although I was a little worried. Actually, I'm a little shocked looking at the list. I really would have thought the nostalgia factor, Breath of the Wild. um, Yes, that's the one I was a little... Surprise! Yeah. I was like, it, that one could have slipped in there and stole that. Actually, even God of War too. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised. I, you know, me and you maybe are from yeah. software fans. So I, I, for us, I guess it's easy enough to glance at this and just pass it and be like, yeah, like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Okay, cool. But I'm like, you know what? No, because Dark Souls is niche, and I don't think it has as great of of an audience as you know Zelda or God of War. Yeah. Um. So I'm kind of flabbergasted i like this i don't think we've seen a lot from god of war yet or the sequel to legend of zelda so that's why the hype might be a little bit lower where elden ring you know they've had their public beta test whatever come out and they've got shown a lot more so soon right we we got two months yeah it's literally uh, what two months and 15 days from releasing yeah another one that you're i think super happy about best score Mm -hmm. and music went to near replicant um, no, no. It went to near replicant version one point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. Yes, <laughs> and yes, I haven't even played that one yet. But if it's anything like near autonomous, it absolutely deserves it. Their music is, I don't know, it's just it's amazing. It's second to nothing else. Yeah. I, I love the music in near autonomous. So this makes sense to me. I get why I got there. Best performance. I don't think it's a surprise. <laughs> Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil Village. Uh, she's blown up as far as popular. Like people are loving her from the game, and she's done react videos and stuff uh, to herself from the game. So I don't think this is a surprise. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, what, I'm never gonna be able to pronounce his name properly. What's his name from Far Cry Six? Just on the scale of actor level. Esposito. Yeah. He, he, he's definitely more of a TV, television, movie actor. So I could see uh, that being a possible contender. But I think yeah. Mickey blew up in social media because of her, her portrayal of Lady Dimitrescu. Absolutely. 
And then the massive big title award game of the year. It takes two takes the win. Um, Didn't see this coming. I don't think I saw I that. Not. It, I'm okay with it. Like I'm I said, it, there's yeah. nothing I feel that strongly for, but uh, yeah. Okay. Like I, I'm just, I don't know. I guess the one hope I had was death loop. Wouldn't take it. Yeah. And I know that sounds petty, but I just think the media overhyped that game. I don't think it's as good as they think it is. Um, and so then I'm like, yeah, okay, it takes two. Like, it's fine. I still preferred myself Resident Evil. I had a better time with Resident Evil Village than I did It Takes Two. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed It Takes Two, and I do think it's unique, and it should be celebrated. Yeah. For me, yeah, I'm disappointed Resident Evil didn't take the win there, um, just because I'm a, kind of too much of a fan of it. So, But I'm fine with It Takes Two. It definitely is a good, good game. So. Mm-hmm. So that's our awards in a nutshell. I think I am in support of a majority of those. How would you, did you enjoy, you're the only one of the two of us that actually watched this. Like what were your thoughts watching it from awards aspect and not the announcements? Okay. Well, I felt, I don't know. It's tricky. Cause it's like the awards, there was a lot of awards where it's like, they would just announce the awards. Like it would, it would come up, a, the, the words would hover beside them. And the winner for this award was this game. And then they did like three of them at a time. So it was like, it was the awards was very cut down other than some of the major big ones. So some people might argue that, well, I wish they would get more shine, more time to shine in front of people. But then again, us as an audience, a lot of people hate how speeches go and take too long sometimes so Mm -hmm. i felt like it was spread out pretty decently and then they had a lot of definitely like you know they have have to do all their sponsor stuff and then the game reveals and stuff so i thought the show was pretty decent actually i i was trying to talk to the few people that i know that even watched it and i think a lot said it definitely seemed more advertisement yeah uh, centric this time minimize the words like you said and just I guess we can touch in announcements a bit, but lackluster on that too. You know, I, I think this year was overhyped, which, you know, Jeff Keeley's known to do. Um, he's a salesman. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't watch it just from the advertisement perspective. Like people are saying it was pretty shoved down people's throats. So I'm, I'm cool. I slept through it uh, again this year. Just nothing. I had no passion to care this year. Just, the year we had it, it's fine. Whatever would have won, I, I don't think I would have set a fire yeah. either way. And then the announcements, too. I woke up and I'm like, no, I'm glad I didn't stay awake for that part either. Because this is, you know, I, I'm a little upset, I guess. Um, Because we were told, Jeff Keighley himself, that we'd have four to five titles Elden Ring in size. And I don't know what those games are. I can speculate. You know, let's say... Uh, Star Wars game, maybe, um, you know, and some of these other ones again, maybe, but I, there's, they're not clear enough and clearly not important enough for me to pick out instantly and being like, oh my God, like Elden Ring this level, was, yeah. Y- yeah, you know, so I'm like, no, you, you lied and this is fine, I guess, but th- yeah, this is something where I'm like, this is just going to be another reminder for me next year that like, yeah, don't. Don't feel like you need to watch it live. I'll tell you that much. So we will move on to part three of our news. 
the 2021 Game Awards, the major game announcements. Uh, so there was quite a few smaller little clips of games. We're not going to go over all those. There's tons of them. You can find them online. Online, uh, IGN has massive lists and you can find all that stuff. So we're just going to touch on some of the bigger ones that I wanted to point out. Um, starting with Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2. I think everybody was super stoked and excited for the sequel to that game. Although some people I know are arguing that it's like, you know, that first one was a perfect package. Didn't need a sequel. Um, I'm fine with it either way. I had fun with the first one. Second one, some people are arguing gameplay footage. I'm saying maybe in-game engine it was done in because it's it, it was an actual gameplay footage shown as far as I could yep. tell. But I think it was in-engine mm-hmm. play. So it, it looks fine. Uh, I think it'll probably be a good game. Uh, you, wa- you watch this one. Yeah, I watched this one. My concern is, like you said, I definitely don't think this is gameplay. I mean, this isn't even coming to PlayStation, so, you know, whatever. I don't have to stay on this topic too yeah. long, but that's not gameplay. That's definitely a rendered video. Um, I could see the argument for in-game engine, but if that's in-game engine, I mean, that's on a freaking PC with the 3090. Uh, there's no way that's, you know, an Xbox Series S. Like, you're not getting that experience. I'm sorry. Um, which a lot of people online seem confused by. They're like, no, haven't you played the first one? I did play the first one. It looked adequate. It did not look like that. It did not push boundaries. It had great facial captures and emotions and emoting of character. That's about it. Everything else was pretty lackluster and the environments weren't that great. The gameplay sucked, in my opinion. I, I hated it. I think I stopped playing the first game just out of frustration with, I think, the fire boss or something. And I was just like, yeah, I get what you guys were going with this, but I, yeah, I, I talked to another friend who kind of agreed with me today about that as well. And he's just like, I, I also quit. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not alone in this, uh, whatever. So I'm like, hopefully it's great and I'll play it on my new PC that's coming. And whenever it's released in 2045, I don't know, it still doesn't have a release date, Chris. This is crazy. We saw this freaking a reveal trailer for this in like two years ago, I think. Mm, yeah. So, you know, definitely don't hold your breath for that one. One thing I want to point out that the show did pretty decently overall uh, as well was they did very specific, like specify at the beginning of the trailer, like, okay, this is, you know, pre-alpha build or this is a CGI trailer. I thought they did a good job stating what it actually is before people get their hopes up on what they're seeing. So following that star Wars eclipse. Um, I'm not, this one is not coming to my memory that quickly, but I'm sure it'll be fine game. Star Wars is usually typically well. So I think this was mostly cinematic again. I don't think it showed anything else other than that. So this was not gameplay, but, but this is David Cage's game, right? This is Quantic Dreams. And We're typically fans of I'm, those. They, yes, I love Heavy Rain. I enjoyed Detroit Become Human. I'm interested in this very much, but, you know, we've talked about this game. It's already kind of leaked, and we knew this was happening. Uh, I'm interested because I look at this, and if it's, you know, your standard Quantic Dream experience, I would be hyped for that. But I believe in our rumor we read, it sounds like they're going to try more to do action, more than yeah. they usually do. And that worries me because the, you know, the cinematography they were using, I'm like, oh, this could be something special as long as they stick to 
the you know the formula they're known for and i'm just a little worried that this is probably not the property to try to branch out (laughs) yeah i mean i love everything that they make typically but i'm not a huge fan of star wars franchise like i'm not against it in any means but i'm not I don't have a special place in my heart for it, so I'd rather have them make something new, to be honest, a new IP. But Yeah. This could be another Beyond Two Souls, and I don't want that. And we got super, super teased for Alan Wake 2. Obviously, I'm super stoked for it, but they showed absolutely nothing. They then showed another nothing trailer for Wonder Woman. Uh, <laughs> there's a Wonder Woman game coming, everybody. Don't know much about it, but it's coming. Well, I can tell you two things. Monolith is making it. Yeah. And if you recall, those are the people that have made the Fear games. Yep. They made the Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor games. And this game, apparently, we talked about those uh, patents. Yep. This is going to have the Nemesis system for some reason. I don't know how you implement that. Like, you stop a crime and that guy just remember you, remembers you and he's just like, I hate that Wonder <laughs> Woman. <laughs> I'm going to steal three times the cars when you're not around. Yeah. Like, I don't know. This is Wonder Woman. I don't know how I feel. I, she's like, I enjoyed the movies, not so much the second one. Uh, but I don't know if I want to play this game or at least based on what they showed. I have no impression currently. We then were shown Sonic Frontiers, which which to me looks like a Breath of the Wild, but Sonic type of game. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people. My problem with this whole thing as a series is that I don't think Sonic's ever hit the ground running in the 3D universe. I have never heard anybody say this 3D version of Sonic game is the best and everybody needs to play it. Yeah, I can't. I can't speak to Sonic. I haven't played a Sonic since I played... The uh, handheld was it the Genesis? I or no, what is it? Game Gear, Sega Game Gear. I I honestly haven't played a Sonic since the Game Gear, and I was very young. I still don't understand it to this day. <laughs> so I I enjoyed the movie. I was happy with the movie trailer we got in the Game Awards. That's about it. Yeah. The next one was a surprise for me. The Expanse, a Telltale game. They're still alive. What? How does that even make sense? I don't know how they are existing, but we're getting the Expanse, a Telltale series. I've heard good things about that series. I kind of intend to watch it. Uh, I don't know if this is going to excite too many people on the Expanse front, but I'm interested. So anyway, my take is, you know, like we, you know, Telltale had issues in the past. It sounds like they were acquired. Um, So this is, telltale but it's not telltale and i don't know how to feel about that so i'm gonna let this thing speak for itself i'll let it come out i've never watched the expanse so i don't have that connection but if this new attempt at making telltale thing is successful and hopefully it is and hopefully they've you know polished all those graphical glitches they seem to have uh then i'm welcoming of this existing star trek resurgence no it's passed for you I'm already done. I I don't care about Star Trek. I'm sorry. If you're someone that enjoys Star Trek, I just don't care. It showed um, a little bit of gameplay. That's one thing I'll give it credit for. Okay, well, there you but go. But it that's didn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's something less. Yeah, uh, take it as you were. Uh, I don't know. Star Trek Resurgence. We'll see what happens. Mm. Among Us VR, it didn't show anything that I haven't really seen in like fake games that I've made already. 
but Among Us VR, it's coming. That sounds cool to me. I would I would try that. Yeah, if, I had if a you VR could play, if, if in that mode you could do like proximity, proximity chat. Because that'd be even. I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't know how the balance would be, but I'd imagine it'd be harder to be caught. Or no, actually, I'd say it's it's probably the same, but it'd be. I don't know. I, I actually think that could be really neat. I would like to try that, actually. Yeah. After that comes the one that I'm potentially excited for, mostly just because it is a true PlayStation 5 or Series X and S, if you want to count S. Arc Raiders. It shows a couple... What is, what is it? It's, it's a cinematic. It's definitely gameplay footage. The environment looks really good. Um, people running around with guns. Grappling hooks, of course, because every game has grappling hooks. And shooting down drones and these big mech spider creatures shooting out the legs of them. Uh, visually, it looks like a cool experience. Um, but you have some background knowledge on this because you you looked it up ahead of time. It is the first game that we've had from this company uh, that's developing it. And it's free to play. And it looks like a games of a service. And if you've ever listened to me, those words and terms don't usually excite me. So I'm going to be probably not interested in this if it comes out and it's great and it's not a schemey free to play structure, which most games that are free to play come out as then fantastic. And I honestly hope I'm wrong. The only thing that spoke to me is uh, I jammed with that song <laughs> in the whole trailer. It made me move. I liked it. You know, that got me excited. Otherwise, I'm okay uh, with this not existing, but I do hope I'm wrong. I hope this game's great. The environments look great, um, and this could be something. I'm just, I don't like the games of a service multiplayer co-op thing, but, and the free-to-play scares me. But otherwise, let's go. We then got shown some more, or well, I don't know if it's more, because I can't remember if they've shown anything more of it. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. I think everybody knows what to expect from that game. Um... The one thing I'll point out, Steve might know the lore better than me. Their mission is to kill the Flash. And when they show the Flash in the trailer, his eyes are red. So I suspect he's being taken over by some sort of entity or something. Uh, Brainiac. Yeah, yeah. Brainiac. So once again, you're playing as bad guys, trying to kill good guys. But the good guys are bad guys. So it makes you good guys. <laughs> and they've never done this before. This is absolutely unique and brand new concept. Oh, wait. No, it's not. They almost do it in every comic book, every... Uh, animated film. Uh, I've, I'm sure we've even had games like this before. I'm just, I'm over it already. I don't care about the Suicide Squad. I enjoyed the second movie, uh, but I just keep seeing Harley Quinn as like a failed character that they keep trying to make a main character. And I'm like, she was only ever invented as a side character for the Joker in the animated TV show. She was, she's not even like has a long lineage in comic books. Like this character, they keep trying to force her to be a thing and she's just not. So I'm not interested in that character. I don't care about uh, King Shark or whatever the heck they call him. What is um, what is the character with the bullets again? Deadshot. Uh, Deadshot. Yeah, maybe it's Deadshot. All these stupid. And then Captain Boomerang. I, I just don't care about these characters. I think it's neat that we'll see the Justice League characters that we want to play as that now we won't get to play as because that would be too hard to make a fun game, apparently. I just, yeah. And honestly, we haven't even seen a game from Rocksteady since Arkham Knight, which I think was like pretty early in the PS4's life cycle. So I guess they've become the new Rockstar where you get a game per generation and, you know, that's what you have to look forward to. 
don't know. I just, I will see as a positive, this trailer did a better job in making me understand that this could be okay, but I still don't think, you know, this to me just looks like a better Guardians of the Galaxy game, and that's fine. I just, it doesn't speak to me. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands apparently still isn't out. So we got another trailer I, for that game. Yeah, that was my first thing. I'm like, oh, this hasn't released yet. I thought this already came out and we forgot about it already. Yeah. I just, I'm so uninterested in this and the property it comes from. Just let it go. I'm with you on that too. We got Crossfire X. So this is going to be a new shooter, I believe, for the series X and S. I, it looks half decent, but I don't have an Xbox. Maybe I'll play it on... Uh, on PC, but it is what it is. I guess if you're excited for it, it comes out on February 10th. Then we got the super trailer that Steve wanted to see for Elden Ring. Yay, cinematic trailer. Yeah, it was a cinematic trailer. It was good. It was it was cool. It had some cool things in it. It's not going to increase or decrease my hype any level. Um, they didn't show any gameplay, which would have probably increased my hype more. Um, it is what it was. It was a good trailer. I am excited for Elden Ring, but it's also at that point where it's so soon yeah, uh, or it's coming out so soon from now that I didn't need to see <laughs> yeah. anything else. I do like that they're trying to say, you know, they're, they're trying to finally make use of like the fact that they partner with George R. R. Martin and be like, oh, no, this does have a story. And so we're going to give you this story trailer to try to implement or like at least inject people with the concept that there might be a story. I still don't know because it's from software and they love you reading those uh, item descriptions to try to like catch on the story on your own terms, but whatever, cool, fine. Like it, it's fun, but I think I've seen enough, and I think it's I need to go on media blackout for this game because I I'm just going to ruin my my experience by delving deeper into this. So we then received a Halo TV series trailer. Um, it looks good. I think they could make it work. Except is it live action? For, yep, it's yeah. The only problem is it's on Paramount Plus. And that's the only place it's going to air. So I won't be seeing it. I mean, I wasn't going to watch it anyway. I, as someone who's played Halo 1 through 3, I'm not a big Halo fan. I think the story's garbage, honestly, in my opinion. It's the same thing it always is with these sci-fi shooter uh, forgettable stories where it's like, oh, we have a problem with these aliens. But guess what, Chris? There's other aliens and they're even badder. Oh my God. Like, it's just, it's so, you know, Mass Effect has the same problem. It's like, oh, it's these aliens. Nope. Surprise. It's these aliens. And it's just a trope and we need to get over it. There needs to be better writing, but who knows? Maybe for TV, they've cut some things and tightened up some other things. And maybe it's going to be the greatest thing I've ever seen, but I highly doubt it. Hey, Steve, you, you, Mm. you like mobile uh, games on your phone. Oh, I love mobile games. Well, now you can play those mobile games on your PC. <gasps> and Google Play games on Windows. So games you can download from the Google Play Store. You will now have an option to play them on your PC. So wait, the games I never wanted to play on my mobile in the first place, I now have access on my PC? Yeah. So I guess I bought a very expensive PC. It's hopefully coming next week. And instead of playing <laughs> games like... Uh, cyberpunk 2077 to take advantage of like new technology and these amazing graphics i can play these crappy casino games that are riddled with probably viruses and everything else that is fantastic can get access to your files in your computer <laughs> oh, awesome <laughs> yeah so that's the thing 
Uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC. They are now changing the name because, hey, your PC, it's not an Xbox. So now it, <laughs> it's... <laughs> what? And now it will be called PC Game Pass. So I am going to call Dell right away about my computer and be like, this isn't an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> this is a PC. Uh, in small font, they added that they're going to be adding a couple more games to Game Pass. Sniper Elite 5, Pigeon, Pigeon Simulator, Trek to Yomi, and an unannounced game from Huge Calf Studios. Uh, one last game I wanted to point out was the sequel to A Plague Tale. A Plague Tale Requiem. Gameplay trailer was shown. It looks good. I had a lot of fun with the first one. Still trying to get Steve to play the, the first one uh, uh, since it was free. I think last month, two months ago, three months ago. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this one just because I really enjoyed the story and, and the gameplay, actually. So There's many other trailers that were shown, um, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to do the, the top ones that we thought were worth mentioning. Uh, was there any other ones that you wanted to mention? Or uh, No, uh, there's a lot I just couldn't be bothered to look at, like, you know, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I'd never watched the Halo one. Crossfire Axe, I didn't watch, you know. Oh, okay. So I will talk about Silent Hill. Uh, former Silent Hill developer announces Slitterhead. Mm, yeah. That looks horrible. Uh, I know it's probably going to intended to be a smaller property, probably like kind of like a, you know, first time indie somewhat build. But those animations totally remind me of those rough CG tri- uh, cutscenes that we'd get in PS1 games, uh, you know. I'd even, I don't know, anything for Square Enix kind of, it'd always be kind of off because animation just wasn't quite there back then. That's what I noticed in this trailer. So that was, you know, interesting, but I think I'll pass on that one. Uh, You know, they talked about Saints Row gameplay trailer. I didn't watch that, but I think you said it seems fine. We got more for Spoken that no one asked for. So that was great to see it yet again. But I guess we got a reveal that it's coming out the 24th of May. Fantastic. I was watching the character faces. I couldn't mm. recall if they looked better or not. I felt like they maybe looked better, but I don't I don't remember. I tried to purge it from my memory. So So yeah, the other one I want to mention is Nightingale from an ex Bioware developer. Um it's their first attempt at a game. I don't know how to take it. It looked very trippy. Um I guess I'm gonna have to see more. A lot of these were not big on the gameplay element, not uh, giving us an idea what the final product would even look it like. It might not be for 2022 either. Yeah, well, even yourself, you were talking about Somerville yeah. before. Uh, it wasn't in the list you talked about, but I think you were somewhat interested in that. Uh, you know, from the one of the guys that brought us Limbo and what was the other one? There was Lim- Oh, and Inside, sorry. That's what it was. Okay, Chris, so I'm going to ask you after we got through most of that, what are you did you think these were a good set of announcements do you think this is the best year maybe it's one of the worst years uh how does it all land for you i didn't have any bangers as it were in my in my opinion um i thought the show overall was a decent show uh the way they mixed the awards with the announcements i thought that was done well um i think the announcements themselves Nothing too groundbreaking. I mean, the stuff that we're already excited for, we're still excited for. I didn't see anything like totally special. Maybe maybe it's because we're so deep in it now where we we hear things of things coming out, if you know what I mean. 
So I'm uh-huh. not surprised by any any major titles. So overall, it, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but there's nothing where it's like, I got to have to buy this game right away type thing. I, I did not see any of those that I did wasn't already going to buy right away, if you know what I mean, like Elden Ring. Yeah, unfortunately, I think this is one of the weaker years, but I will say it's on par with the last two years, which have also been weaker yeah. years for announcements. I feel like, you know, we keep getting sold that we're going to get these amazing announcements and you have to, t- and I get it. He's a salesman. He's trying to get views and everything else and it just helps everything grow but yeah i just feel like we're getting fewer uh announcements of any importance basically so it's whatever it's fine it exists it's a thing and i'm no worse off for it existing but i'm definitely i think like i said at the start i'm very happy i slept through this and just kind of got the cliff notes in the morning so, Chris, that means we got to move on to last news article because we're running along. So let's just quickly skim through this. Sony has added to the cart. This one comes from Push Square. Sony has today acquired another studio, Guns Up developer Valkyrie Entertainment. The Seattle-based team has worked as an outsourcing studio for much of its lifespan, lending a helping hand to the likes of God of War, Forza Motorsport, and titles out of Riot Games. Most recently, it was confirmed to be helping Santa Monica studio with God of God of War Ragnarok. Uh, Herman Holst announced the acquisition on Twitter, stating, in quotes, the studio will be making invaluable contributions to key PlayStation Studio franchises. Uh, Therefore, it sounds like Valkyrie Entertainment will continue to help other developers in the production of their games rather than focus on making its own experiences. In a Business Wire post, Holst said Valkyrie Entertainment is highly adaptable and respected studio which has produced high-quality work on the range of platforms from console to PC and a variety of styles from action to games-as-a-service titles. Valkyrie's diverse capabilities will be welcomed by every team at PlayStation Studios as we continue to focus on delivering extraordinary gaming experiences. President and founder also added, since 2002, we have contributed to well over 100 titles, including great PlayStation franchises such as God of War, Infamous, and Twisted Metal. In our next chapter, we are excited to continue our relationship with some of the most talented teams in the world, expanding and contributing to the portfolio of amazing games available for PlayStation fans. Currently, we are working on several AAA co-development projects and two unannounced in-house titles. Okay, Chris, uh, we don't have a lot of time, so I just want to throw that in because that Mm -hmm. happened literally seconds after or just before we started recording so there you go we have another studio it sounds like they're going to be a welcome addition it sounds like they're going to help polish a lot of these games which you know as these games grow in depth and scope and you know the more polish they seem to need it's yeah i think this is just a great smart purchase for sony to just help keep these things coming and hopefully stop some of the backlog that we've seen you know horizon being one of them seems to be in delayed forever no, I agree 100%. And now they'll have the backing of Sony to work on those two unannounced titles that they're working on in-house as well. So they... Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe they can prove themselves to be valuable in that sense too. Maybe Sony will, uh, you know, grow and then allow them to maybe work on some of these while helping other studios. Who yep. knows? So anyway, that is it. I'm sorry we had to summarize that last article, but yeah, we are running long and I like to keep these usually to an hour. I knew today would go over just... 
there's a lot of stuff to cover, especially with the game awards. So anyway, we're just going to shoot through homework. And what is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through everything that happened this week. So we kind of just give you the articles uh, where you can find those articles and then you can go educate yourselves. And here we go. God of War PC specs revealed and Horizon Zero Dawn adds a new PC feature. That one's from IGN. New PS Store sale live now contains the Game Award nominations. That one comes from Push Square. I do want to point out, though, apparently those sales end uh, on Monday the 13th. So at when this airs, if you're listening to Monday the day, get on these games. Uh, some of them are actually significant. If you ever want to try Deathloop, guess what? It's on sale again for like 50% off. There you go. The Last of Us HBO series adds Nick Offerman as Bill. This one comes from VGC. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection is a whopping 90 gigs on PS5. It seems this one comes from Push Square. Chris, take the last video. Call of Duty Warzone Mobile will be released in 2022. It's been claimed. This one comes from VGC. Uh, Spider-Man Remastered getting two new suits from the No Way Home movie. Uh, this one is, can be found on Push Square, although I don't know what more you need to look up for that. Well, those suits are, are coming out today as recording Friday the 10th. So, and it's only available, like it says, for the remastered version. So I am going to go play these suits because I love when they bring the movie suits to the games. I just, in my opinion, they look the best, but carry on. December 2021's PlayStation Now games have been confirmed. You can find that list on VGC. And new Gran Turismo 7 PlayStation 5 gameplay video shows off Deep Forest Raceway. Uh, that can be found on VGC. Okay, Chris, we got through everything in a not-so-timely fashion, so congratulations to us. But hey, at least we put the new mic through the ringer, and uh, we'll definitely get an idea what that sounds like. Again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for giving us your most valuable currency, it, your time. It means everything to us. It humbles us. And once again, for this week, we are done. And until next Monday, goodbye. Bye, guys. If you remember that with like everybody was discussing the finger, trying to figure out what the finger's for. I don't think they ever <laughs> it was the that one it, Oh no, it was definitely to put in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> got him. I got him. We're all oh. winners here. <laughs> oh, we have a good time here, everyone. We have a good time. Best audio design went to Forza Horizon 5. Oh. I could definitely see that too. It's definitely you found <laughs> like I thought it was gonna be a small burp. <laughs> that to go on forever. That's a that's a blooper.